Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Dustin's a great example of it too. He's a total breath of fresh air. And I, and, and he, you know, he came to, he came to a beach house last year and, and I, what I liked about that was just an, an attempt to like bring together the, the people that had been in our life in the last few years. Let's try to get together once a year, but it wasn't so that I could speak to everybody. It it was just spoke at all. Yeah, I didn't want it. I was just, I just wanted to be with my friends and worship Jesus and hear, hear their story. And we only, my only rule that I really have for Beach House is we only let the practitioners teach. Yeah. Um, if you're, and meaning like somebody who's who's um, been doing new grassroots ministry within the last like twenty four months, and then just tell us your story and that and that and. And that's how we outlined it. It was like Adam Watts. It was like God in the jujitsu studio and Chloe, G, uh, God at the park, Mitch, God at the bus depot in Argentina. And we had, uh, it was Amir, you know, God in the village. And we had just like these eight different places where God had been doing new things. And, and I like that because I'm an all makes and models guy when it comes to Jesus, I don't, I think Jesus is the way. And then I think there's all these ways that, that people come to him. And I'm a fan of all of them. If they're bringing people to the Lord, what I do like about smaller churches, micro churches, is they're able to get into difficult spaces, difficult places. So we can reach all races. That that's what I like. I always tell my people that. And that's the usefulness of it. And it's, and they're high speed, low drag. They don't cost anything. What they do take is courage and faithfulness. And, you know, so the question is, can God use that? Well, sure. There's lots of spaces and lots of places and lots of races that need smaller, nimble, high speed, low drag, free expressions of the kingdom so that they can come into the kingdom. And uh, I don't think that what I'm doing now is any better or worse than what I was doing uh, five years ago. I just think that I'm called to it and I'm totally enjoying it. And um, I'm glad I get to be serving Jesus this way. It's awesome. You know, one of the things that was exciting to me, uh, and I want to talk a little bit just so people that are listening to this get what we're <laughs> saying here. I went to Beach House. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I've been, I've been to church things forever, and there's always a speaker and all that. And all we did was hang out every morning and drink coffee and have the wonderful conversations. And then at night, uh, there we would meet in the coffee shop after it closed, and then there would be three different people uh, telling their stories. So in three nights, we heard nine different stories, <clears throat> uh, all the way from Pakistan to 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 Malibu to 
um, a, 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 an actor in Hollywood who is intentionally living in one of the poorest parts of the core of Los Angeles where the homeless people live. Uh, I was I was amazed and I came away uh, feeling and it's it's interesting to me because the movie now came out the Jesus Revolution. So I lived through that. I, I mean, Greg Laurie has preached in the church that I led in Hawaii. Uh, Chuck Smith was a friend, mm-hmm. not a close friend, but a friend. I mean, he, he deeply influenced us two weeks before we started. Um, the last conversation I had with him was he was he was razzing me about when you're going to give up and become a Calvary Chapel. So we were, <laughs> and um, and we we experienced. In, in I mean, we were still more of a, a prevailing model church that did what was seen as weird stuff because we were making disciples and we were turning people loose without Bible college or seminary and we were planting churches that planted churches and so it was for me life was always paddling upstream against the whatever the Christian community was all about but during those those few years that I I can remember when I really got involved in the Jesus movement was a little bit late it it, it probably started out around 1964 65 i remember my sister going to love in in griffith park in los angeles and she came came back all terrified because they were just down there to try to share the lord with all these people that are doing dope in the park and um she saw these two guys jump a guy and they were choking him and she thought they were choking him to death and what it actually turned out was he had, he had a, a condom with heroin in it and he was trying to swallow it before he got arrested and these were mm. the two guys were undercover cops and, and and I was still at that point, I was still in Bible college. I was still kind of straight arrow. And I did, I thought the whole thing was awful. And, uh, and then I met, um, I was at a, at a Christian, you know, they were called Christian coffee shops, but it was a basement of a church and there was no coffee to be served. It was all, you know, sodas and, and snacks and whatever, but a, a band from Calvary Chapel called Love Song came, a guy named Chuck Gerard who, now, I mean, we're old men, and we've become friends in our old age. Uh, when I heard Chuck Gerard, guys, uh, the music was incredible. Uh, that was wonderful. At the end of the of the night, they, they, they he just opens up and, and invites everybody. It's like maybe 50 people in this room. And he goes, you know, if you're ever in, in, in Costa Mesa, here's our address. Just, just drop by our house sometime and share a meal with us. And, I mean, you just invited 50 people over to your house for dinner. And you you live with a bunch of other, you know, young kids or, you know, kind of hippified and whatever. And I thought the generosity of that, that you know, and these guys had, they had already recorded music. I think Sony Records put their music out eventually. And you're inviting yeah. these people to your house and you're doing it all the time. And it's like, whoa, I better take this a little more seriously. And uh, this was before we planted the first church. Well, the guy who... Um, had put Chuck into his first church is the guy who put me into my first church as an overseer in his denomination. And so he's the one who introduced us to Chuck. And and, and then it's like the wheels came off the, the traditional church thing in my head. And all of a sudden I was pastoring a bunch of hippies and, and a topless dancer named Kitten. And it was just like, buddy, you better you better grow up and change and get caught up with what Jesus is doing here because what you learned isn't really going to fly in this situation. And then it all, you know, about six, eight years later, it all kind of changed back. It kind of, it, it had been a spiritual awakening. 
But as yeah, as we were living it, and <clears throat> I can remember walking down Venice Beach, uh, pretty rough neighborhood, and a friend of mine was with me that had been a really scary bad person. People are fearful. We'd walk up to people, and the conversation would stop. And it'd be high Rick. You know, they, they, didn't, they don't know what to say because he's around. And then he starts just telling them all about Jesus. And we're walking down the, the, the strand, you know, the sidewalk along the beach. And and some guy comes up and he's obviously drunk out of his brain. And he asks us for money. And self-righteous Ralph says, no, because you're just going to go buy wine. And, and yeah. Rick, I was with, gives him like $5. And this is like 40 years ago. $5 is a lot of money at that time. And yes, close to 50 today. And the guy walks down the beach. We we walk our direction. He's going his direction. All of a sudden, he's waving that money around. Hey, man, that Jesus freak just gave me $5. Praise the Lord. And again, I <laughs> there's something wrong with Ralph and something right with Rick. And and when I was with you guys at Beach House, I've been with you before and, you know, on, on Tuesday nights at at ocean water church and love it but that weekend at beach house i came away going oh this is what we what we knew all those decades ago and it's it's happening again and i'm so excited and then to be excited about it and then they pop out with this movie which was really cool i i'm just thrilled that god's doing fresh new things and and so glad to be connected with you guys well he always is i mean it's just like are we willing to look where he's doing it you know and sometimes we just we're, you know, we just want him to do it the way he used to. And he's just, that's not G that's not God. He's moving around all the time. He's, he's elusive. So we have to, uh, you know, but it is, it's exciting. I mean, when you see one person's life changed by, there's a guy that's going to come next week who I've prayed for, for a long time. We, have, we all have. And when you see Jesus change someone's life, it's amazing. Yeah. And that's, that's what keeps me going is just seeing God work in one more people's lives. I've seen him do it in my, my parents, my nieces, uh, my wife, our kids, like that's, that's the kingdom. And you know, that's, I, that's I think exciting. That one of the things that, that we need to understand is that the church in the West, as we know it, is an aberration <laughs> that, that if you, if you look around the world and probably, the, the difference is in, in other places in the world where uh, there's persecution and poverty, poverty of persecution, they have to do church very much the way that you guys have stumbled into doing it. You know, that, that, that we, we don't, we can't. Well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 and, and, and I do want to lean into this for a second, because this is one of the reasons why um, there's been a couple of things that have allowed us to do stuff internationally. One of it's, a bunch of us surf so there's just the travel component for different waves and stuff the other parts water some of the parts of the world that have the biggest water problem or they also have the biggest no no disciple problem and so those those problems converge and then the way we're doing ministry it's it's free so it's not intimidating yeah my my, my i was blown away because when amir amir and i became friends on on Facebook, I want to talk about him for a minute. He, we became friends on um, Facebook because I've, uh, I've, I've been um, teaching the Bible uh, since in the last four years, and I would put him on Facebook, and not too many people watch him, and that's fine. I do it because 
I want to get better at teaching the Bible. But Amir, Amir saw one of them. And uh, we connected that way. And he came and he came and stayed um, at my house in San Clemente. And at the time, the week that he stayed, I had it's been going through some stuff and I, and I said, you know, I, I want to go get a different, I want to just like go bake bread for four months or something. I was just kind of like, want to do a little something different and continue to do all my ministry stuff. So Amir's staying with me. Amir has, Amir's been doing ministry in Pakistan for 20 years. He has two PhDs. He speaks five languages. He's planted 12 churches he has a heart to plant a hundred churches in Pakistan in villages. Yeah. And he came and he stayed with me. He says, Hey, what are, what are we doing today? I said, we're going to go to Laguna beach. We're going to go to whole foods because uh, I want to turn in my application to bake bread. And he started laughing. He's like, you're going to go bake bread. I go, yeah. So we drove together. Amir and I drove together. I said, you pray for me to get this job. I go into whole foods. I come out. I says, I said, I got the job. He goes, great. So he stays with me for a few more days. The end of the, the end of the time, he says, uh, I want you uh, to be my pastor. And I start laughing. <laughs> I, 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 what are you even talking about? I got like, I had like 18 people in my church on Wednesday night, at the coffee shop. Uh, I bake bread. I laugh. I, I totally busted up laughing. And <laughs> I still laugh about it. And he says, no, I want you to be my pastor. And uh, I said, uh, well, I'm not sure what that means, uh, but sure. So, and I said, well, why? And he says, well, one, I'm lonely. I've been doing ministry for two decades, pretty much by myself. And, uh, and I also need someone that I can trust. And uh, trust is not something that we talk a lot about. Uh, but it, there's definitely a deficit of it, especially in leadership, yeah. you know, and I trust you, Ralph. And, um, you know, so one of my goals in my life is to be a trustworthy person. Yeah. And because uh, there's a lot of young people out there and they got a lot of passion for Jesus and they also don't trust anybody. And that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so we need to pray that that. uh not only does God keep breathing his Holy Spirit on all the makes and models of the church, the big ones, the small ones, the megas, the micros, all of it, but yeah. also that trust, you know, that trust is a, uh, something that comes back so that young people have somebody to look up to because uh, the movie you just referenced, uh, you know, a lot of people looked up to Chuck and trusted him. And so, uh, you know, kind of rambling here but i've just i've just also noticed that that uh you know may god make us trustworthy with the people that we're dealing with yeah so thanks for being that to me it's been great well thank you thank you so tell me about um uh, when and maybe i have this wrong but i I think i I got it right but uh, my understanding was that amir uh came here with his wife because she needed uh, surgery she had a tumor in her brain yeah so then he came so, so then he came he was, again last yeah yeah so well but while they were here he went ahead and started micro churches in orange county with south asian people is that right 
I mean, that guy does so much that he probably did, and I don't, I don't even know about it. This is like the first I've heard of this. So uh, I, I would. He told, totally he told me that at at, at uh, Beach House last year. That's why I was asking. Oh, great, awesome! I, I, he's, you know, he's a high octane guy. I mean, for sure. And he, he, uh, he, he came here because his wife is a nurse in Pakistan, and the diagnosis that she received from their doctors. They said there's a clinic in Ohio, uh, a world-renowned clinic in Ohio, and we think that you need to go there to get your to get your treatment. So he came out here and he brought his wife, and it it just happened. I think in God's God's timing or whatever that he was able to to be at Beach House with his wife, and I got a cool photo somewhere of uh, myself and my wife Maria and him and his wife walking uh, walking down the street, St. Clemente. It's a pretty cool photo, and. Uh, and she's now um, receiving the care that she needs and she's doing better. So I'm super grateful because he's uh, he's 40 years old. He's a wonderful guy. And I just pray that they uh, have a lot of the years ahead of him. That's good. So um, I, I'm going to ask something. You may want to just say no to it, but um, sure. if somebody is listening to this and they're going, I want to know more, I'm pretty sure you're going to say, well, here's how to can make connect on, and I can, share more but if somebody said wow that beach house thing sounds interesting i would like to come to california and and experience life with these people is that possible and and if so uh who should and who shouldn't come because i mean you don't want everybody there but there's probably some people that are on the verge of something yeah. or they're thinking differently uh a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent come what we're trying to do is is just foster uh, really just micro networks, I would say, because kind of one of the things I'm trying to do now is there's been a lot of a lot of really good people with a lot of really great visions. So just let's just pray and worship and pray over each other's networks to keep going into the spaces and places that they need to and come alongside them and encourage and encourage them that they can do it. There's a big lack of encouragement, you know, for people developing micro networks. Yeah. Uh, they're not easy to do. Uh, so if people if, think that this is easy. If people think that this is easy because it's smaller, they're dead wrong. Yeah. They're dead wrong. Yeah. You know, it's hard work just like everything else is. So trying to be encouraging and absolutely we'd have people come. We have people that are currently practicing, you know, doing this. And developing micro networks. And there are also, I have some friends that if you draw a Venn diagram, you know, you draw two circles and where they overlap is what you have in common. There are also a lot of people who, uh, who are part of um, bigger, more wealth, more, more well capitalized ministry approaches, but they're interested in not just having uh, in uh, my, uh, my way or the highway approach to ministry, but they're trying to move into a, a both and. Yeah. And I think that's smart. I think that's really smart. That's uh, so I have I have some friends that are gonna that are that are gonna come. We'd love to have them. Uh, it's September eighth through the tenth here in San Clemente. There's no cost. Uh, th- we're just gonna do two nights this year: Friday night and Saturday night. We're just gonna hang out even more on Sunday, uh, and we're just gonna have coffee, the coffee shop. I know you'll be there, um, and uh, Ed's gonna come. Ed's my good friend, Ed Love. 
Um, my friend Kurt's going to come, Kurt Johnson, good friend. And we're just going to hang out and try to encourage that and try to be friends to people who are trying to do that. They need, they need friends and just making ourselves available to, to to have coffee with them, to talk with them, to encourage them. There's no cost. There's no food. There's no fees. There's nothing like that. Uh, And um, so, yeah, we, we absolutely love to have anybody that would, would want to come. So if they want to come, how do they get a hold of you? And, you know, what, what would you, how would we do that? Yeah, they can just email me. That's the easiest way to do it. And it's just ride for water at Gmail. Uh, and that's R-I-R-I-D-E, the number four, water at gmail.com. Just email me. And last year we, we uh, found different places for people to stay. Some people rented their own house and put like eight or ten in it. Um, and then other people we help, we help stay with friends, but we'll find a place for you. You're not going to be, you're not going to be not having a place to sleep and stay. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. That's good. Well, thanks for taking the time yeah. to talk with us. Uh, this is going to be a fun, fun, fun podcast. Thank you. Yeah, you got it, Ralph. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at Ralph Moore dot net.